0: Mutability. Welcome to Nature's Lead. This is a podcast available at natureslead.com that both examines and inspires a certain approach towards life that is based both on personal philosophies and on the writings of people such as Emerson and Thoreau. This is series one, episode three, title, The Beauty of One. An interesting topic today. This is one that I hold tight in my heart, one that has driven me since a boy, in the beauty of one, I'm referring to, specifically, all of us spending quality time with ourselves. Many people have downtime, many exercise, and many veg in front of the good old boob tube. Personally, I do all of these. But these pastimes are not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spending time listening to your thoughts, away from everything else in your life, away from distraction and outside input. All of us need to have the courage to to dialogue with ourselves. Now there's two key points in that sentence. One is the word courage and the other is the word dialogue. Let me start with the latter. I use the word dialogue because it is crucial for us to realize that we are often thinking and acting with a minimum of two voices reflecting two minds. The most common mind is the one we use to get through our day, the mind that has been molded our whole lives, both by the outside world and by ourselves, as we learned how to act and think. That mind dominates our lives. But a dialogue implies two participants, and the second is that quiet, innocent individual who hardly makes a peep all day, only to be heard occasionally during the day's last few minutes as we wait to fall asleep and release the day. In realizing this, In gaining perspective enough to see that dichotomy in ourselves we can begin to focus on that mind that natural soul that is so often ignored the result is a mental debate where one side bounces ideas off the other and when we measure the crafted mind the mind built by input against that natural mind within it's clear as to the shaky stilts the crafted mind is stumbling upon struggling day after day to maintain its balance but never, ever abandon that savvy mind, for that is what keeps us alive. Though it may be shaky in its foundation, we've worked hard to fit together that composite of complexity. We just need to see it for what it is, and more importantly, see the natural mind more clearly and give it a voice. There seems to be some connection our natural mind has with nature incarnate. The times when that inner, true voice has spoken the loudest and soaked my mind with thoughts and feelings of pure happiness and of a connected grandeur of life was when I was alone in nature. Whether off the trail, in the woods, surrounded by trees who are beginning to stretch from the upsweet breeze of a coming storm, or in the ocean, floating just beyond the waves, where the water is smooth and the sun sneaks down behind the horizon once again, the true me, that natural inner mind and soul, connected so tightly and infinitely with nature that my whole body and mind was flush in awe. To step back a bit, though, I don't think such a heightened connection is necessary for everyone. I just want to express my experience with that progression of communing with yourself. But I do think people should, to a certain extent, try to listen to their natural fabric. Coleridge used to walk down very often from Keswick to Wordsworth's home in Grasmere and later Rydal Mount in England's Angelic Lakes District so that they might discuss philosophies of life and nature. Together, they established the beginning of the Romantic movement with the publishing of the lyrical ballads back in around 1799. But when I have thought back on that time, and having driven that distance on the modern-day road 20 or 30 miles or so, I remember thinking that for Coleridge, the most poignant, the most valuable part of his day may have been not the destination where he was engaged in deep, stimulating discussion with Wordsworth, but instead right there on that path. That's where his brilliant and sensitive mind must have been frolicking and flying with nature, racing with ideas and feelings that only he would ever know. Don't you find that the most brilliant ideas ever to come from our minds are often the mental offspring of physical solitude? Now back to that line. All of us need to have the courage to dialogue with ourselves. The other point I was going to talk about was the courage required for such an endeavor. Courage is mentioned because so many people are forever dependent on other people, constant action, and a saturated day to where there is never time created to contemplate or just to be alone. Many are even uncomfortable when you start talking about philosophical questions that may challenge this outside world that we all buy into. They don't want to take that warm sweater off, even if just for a few minutes. It takes great courage to listen to yourself and to think about life in an open, natural way, but it's the only way you'll learn more about yourself and about the world in which we live. There is great beauty in the singularity of the individual, and much of that is lost when a society is making every effort to herd us along on established paths in large, melded groups. Recapturing that beauty, stilling it away close to your heart, allows you to feel who you are and to see your alone self as a source of strength. It is when you are comfortable with yourself and know and feel your natural truth that all things in life become easier to approach. Therefore, with all of us living in the outside world, making our way, we all need the continual courage to step away, now and again, and remind ourselves of the beauty of one. That brings us to a close, so until next time, I wish you well, and don't forget to follow nature's lead.